And we're back with another episode of the MDM Podcast. I'm Joe Morales, and my co-host Trevor Markowski, on a very dull weekend in New York City. There was no Yankees, no Mets. The Nets were eliminated early. You have the Islanders today, and um, there were a couple fights at Jets practice. So not a very eventful weekend in our little area, but we still have a show to do. So, uh, Trevor, um, yeah, not a lot going on this weekend. Welcome, uh, welcome back. No, not not really too much. But next week, uh, I heard that the Mets and Yankees will be doing doubleheaders Friday and Sunday. So we're gonna have a more like a five game series, which I think will uh, really make it exciting for the Subway Series next weekend. Yeah, we'll have five games with the Yankees and Mets. The Mets have a doubleheader tomorrow, and a very exciting uh, Yankees Brave series in the next couple of days. Where we get Garrett Cole on the mound tomorrow. So from from a baseball standpoint, go ahead. And we get Judge back too. And we get Judge back, but of course you lose Glaber Torres, James Paxton, Luis Avilon, uh, all in one day last week. And that's where we'll start with the Yankees, Trevor. Because so today we had Paxton go to the IL with the flexor strain, and we found out Tommy John surgery is not required. His UCL was not torn. So a little a little breather with James Paxton there, but still, he's he's on a week to week basis now where he's not going to be able to play, and just another year where this guy can't stay healthy. Yeah, and you know I think this is an all major league thing, and I think we're heading for a record number of injuries, especially with pitchers. Is it you know the ramping up so quickly? Is it the Short amount of time in training camp. We'll never know what it really is. We can speculate, but I think this is a major league issue. Would you not agree? I think we're headed towards a record number of injuries. I mean, so many guys injured, especially Petrie. Would you agree with that? I think so. And you've seen it with with the Tampa Bay Rays and and the New York Yankees um, specifically, because they've had some of the most uh, most injuries in the league with the Yankees and the Rays. But I don't think that's an excuse. For all these guys getting hurt, no other team besides the Yankees and the Rays are having problems year after year where 10 guys at a time are going on the injured list. Well, the Mets have that same issue. Not to not to the degree the Yankees have. No, but, you know, the Yankees, it's still no excuse on the field when you don't win. Well, there's 10 guys injured. Well, that's not good enough for me. It's not. Or, and I see what you're saying with the Mets because, because of the pitchers, but... When, with the Yankees, dude, it, it's the one through four guys. It's, it's not like you're losing a, you lose a LeMahieu, you lose Gary Sanchez, and you lose a Dario Estrada. No, this is numbers one, two, three, and four in the lineup. Well, I think the good news is the Yankees, first of all, they get these four days off. One, and they were not playing well, gives them, gives them a breather, gives them a chance to relax. Right. And, and they get back under control. Two... You don't miss as many games with LeMahieu and Stan. That's true, and and we get Judge back tomorrow, so Judge didn't and, even have to worry about and, playing this weekend. And you pick up an extra start with Cole. Yeah, and you know what else? I I noticed this over the uh, over the over the break. You get the rotation in order now. Masahiro Tanaka is now your two starter because he he yeah. was regularly in the back of the rotation because he was out with a concussion. Now he's back to being the number two starter. And and we have a big mystery here, which you know we still don't know who's going to get called up. The Yankees haven't said anything yet. Well, all right. So l- let me tell you what I think. So we'll get we'll get to the Glaber injury in a second. 
I think they call up uh, Brooks Kriske because he was he's been here before, and some of the guys in the forty man roster like Luis Gill and uh, guys like this they don't belong in the major leagues. At least Kriske's been here this year and has you know a little bit of experience. And and this bullpen now with Zach Britton and Tommy Canley down, and we get Chapman back, but with those two down, this is a really beaten down bullpen. Well, yeah. Well, you have Miguel Uelway, and he he looks like he's going to be good. The Yankees have been high on him. Mm-hmm. But I think he's still about a year away. Would you agree with that? Yes, I would. Um, the guy I would call up is why not give the kid a shot? You got to give Garcia a shot. You can't have these prospects. You have to deal right away in the minor leagues. Give the kid a shot. So I he, always like here. Here's my deal with this. I don't know if bringing up a a a, a, a top prospect that many consider a future person in this rotation is good to bring him up and throw him in the bullpen where he'll get, I don't know, a, a couple of appearances. You know, I'm not saying throwing him in the bullpen. I'm saying starting him. You want to start? Okay, so what, for, but for the bullpen, because you lost Britton and, and Avilon, what do we do in the bullpen now? Well, I think you bring up um... – you could bring up Ben Heller. Is he back up with the team yet? He's with the, I think he's down. he's with the team right now. You want, here, you know what? While we talk about Ben Heller, I'm going to pull up the Yankees alternate training site spot. But yes, Ben Heller is here. And assuming... Fall, go ahead. It's hard to follow back He's been like up and down every day. Yeah. But here, the uh, people the Yankees can call up without DFAing someone. Albert Abreu, Debbie Garcia, Luis Gill, Brooks Kriske, and Luis, and Luis Medina. So out of those guys... Unless you want to give Debbie Garcia a rotation spot, which I'm not ready to do yet, I'd go with Brooks Kriske. For, for the rotation right now, I, I'm all for putting your guy Johnny Loisega back in this rotation. Oh, yeah. Either him or, or Garcia. I want one of those two guys. I wouldn't be opposed to a Mike King either. He, he's he been underwhelming when he's been here, but I'm, I'm not opposed to putting him in the back end of the rotation. No, he's not with the team right now, right? No, he is. He is. Yeah. There's so many guys go up and down. I know. Well, that, that's, um, that's, that's Boone for you. Uh, I would call up either Krisky or Abreu because both of them have at least pitched one inning in the major leagues. Right, so you wouldn't go with Garcia. You you, you wouldn't go with Garcia. Well, I, 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 I would call up Garcia for the start. Okay. And I would bring up those two other guys. So that that's for the bullpen. But this, also, this ties into the bullpen. Gleyber Torres uh, hurt his left hamstring. He goes on the I.L., so now both your middle, your starting middle infielders are out with Torres and LeMahieu, and in case of an emergency, because you, you can't call anyone up besides Miguel Andahar, Gio Urshela is going to be playing shortstop a lot. Well, well, they could move Estrada to short. Well, then you you have Tyler Wade be playing second base. Like you only have two guys left on your roster that are natural middle infielders, and I also throw in there Gio Urshela because I looked it up back in 2018 when he was in the minor leagues, he was still playing shortstop. Could you call? Okay, is Andujar Andujar is not with the team right now? No, he's down in AAA, and that's probably the guy you call up here. Because here you had three guys go on the IL. One of those spots has to be for Judge coming back tomorrow. The other spot has to be a pitcher, and then you need a, You don't have another middle infielder. So the Yankees are going to go one pitcher short, and they're going to carry an extra bench bat. Now, if I were the Yankees... Well, I don't think Booney's going to do that. He's going to do two pitchers in a batter. Well, the well, the only reason why is because then you, you don't have a backup infielder. Miguel Endahar, without, uh, without with LeMahieu and Torres out, is your backup infielder now. 
And you have guys down in the minor leagues like Matt Duffy, Jordy Mercer, and Kyle Holder, as I dropped my pen. Matt Duffy. Then you have to take someone off the roster. You have to DFA someone. Like well, we all know, we all know in the bullpen should be DFA. There's no question about that. Luis Sessa. Yeah, I have no clue why we still employ this guy. He has never had an ERA below four three. And they bring him into it. Nothing. They bring him in high leverage situations. Doesn't make sense. Why is he still on the team? But you know, I think the kid that should get called up. And you know, if it was any other year, you would call me crazy. But just because you know it's such a crazy season, anything goes, as you say. Give the kid, give Florella a shot. It, it, it's listen. It's a crazy season, but Floreal hasn't played a game above Tampa yet. He hasn't gotten. Well, he, has, he hasn't could, gotten the double A yet. You could say about that pitcher that they called up. He played two games in double A. Right, but pitchers and hitters are are vastly different. Well, I, I I understand that, but he's gonna pitch now, so you can't say, well, he's been so far and he levels down. He's gonna pitch. It's true, but. What I I much rather have Andahar come back up, and this is what they're gonna do. Like we 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 speculate about Floreal, like Matt Duffy and Jordy Mercer. They're gonna call up Andahar, so yeah, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to not play Tyler Wade or Dario Estrada. Make your pick who you don't want to play. Gio Urshela, what'd you say? I don't want to play Wade. So perfect. Tyler Wade's probably your shortstop right now. Move Gio Urshela to short. And play Andujar at third base. Get this guy some regular reps at third base. Take advantage of these injuries. Maybe you could do that. I think that's certainly a possibility. Now, my question is, and this is the thing that looms over everything with these injuries. What about the training deadline? It's only a week away. Uh, one one week from today. One week from today. No, I I don't want to make any. I I don't want to make any franchise-altering moves to the deadline. If you want to talk about, like, bringing a, a depth piece in, maybe. But if I'm going to give up a young prospect for for any sort of star or franchise changer, I am totally against doing that in a 60-game season, especially when we don't even know if the season's going to gonna finish. I get, the, guy, the guy I would call up for depth is Johnny Cueto. I would trade for That's just... it's. But what are you giving up for Johnny Cueto? Well... We'll give up and do our face of one of them, one, and a minor leaguer. I don't. I don't want to give up. I listen. This. This is just me. I. Just, I don't want to give up one of one of the Anduhar or uh, Clint Frazier. It's just not well, something I want to do in a short season. I want Frazier to be traded at this deadline. I. 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 I want to keep Frazier here. Let me tell you why. He, he's an average defender. He might even be below average, but he's near average. He is an excellent hitter. And if, if you don't like him in the field, then he'll find a way to play. Because Stanton's always hurt. Someone's always hurt here. He's going to find a way to play. If, if I'm choosing one guy to be traded, it's Miguel Andahar. There's no room for him well, here. Well, first of all, there's no question about Frazier's town. No question about that. Not that. I just think he's unhealthy for the team. He hasn't done anything this year to make you think he wa- he wasn't. Like when well, he when he was sent down, he put his head down and showed up there. In the, in, in previous years, yeah, you know what? He would have made a scene of being sent down. But you know, he's matured. He looks he looks better and better every year. I'm not ready to ship this guy off for a Johnny Cueto. Uh, well, I, I, how much I better are you with Johnny Cueto this year? 
think, think about it. Good, I think he's a good pitcher. I, 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 he's a, he's past his prime. But you add a Johnny Cueto, right? You're going to add Johnny Cueto. You're going to subtract Clint Frazier from this lineup. And Clint Frazier single-handedly got you one or two wins this year. Is Johnny Cueto going to bring you back that same value that giving up Clint Frazier is going is going to lose you? Do you understand what I'm saying? Johnny Cueto says pitch well in the postseason. Um, what if you don't even have postseason this year? What if the season gets short? Then you traded away a promising young talent for a year and a half of an over overpaid uh, old Johnny Cueto. I understand your point, but I can understand the other people's point. When the Yankees didn't make any moves, and they should have, you know. Both sides of the argument. Well, this year and this year alone, I give the Yankees a pass. This, this again, this year, as we get into the 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 dog days of August, the dog days of summer, this year means absolutely nothing to me. With the amount of games they're playing in in, in a few days, with the ridiculous rule changes they've made this season, it's it's hard for me to 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 count it as as real. There's going to be an asterisk well, next to it. Well, you're gonna say that if the Yankees win the championship, it doesn't mean anything to you. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say it's not gonna mean anything to me, but it's gonna go down in history as you know. They played this year with 28 guys, seven in double headers. They didn't, as of right now, they didn't have a coronavirus outbreak. I think it puts them at a huge advantage over some teams. Well, let me no, let me ask you another question. If they win the championship, does it go down as 27? And well, they won this one, or does it go down? It goes down as 28. Does it go down as 27 and I, one? I think, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Technically, it's going to go down as 28. But in, in, in my mind and many other baseball fan minds, it's going to go down as 27 and 2020. Right? Well, no, no, I disagree with that. I think it's the most hardest year to win a championship. COVID outbreaks, protocols, injuries, uh, expanded playoffs. No, how hard it is to win a championship this no, year. That's fair. I I I totally respect what pe- why people think that. But to me, with the with the with the circumstances they're facing right now, it, it doesn't seem fair and balanced this year. That's all I'm saying. They got they're all going to try and get close to sixty games. I mean, you have to give them credit for trying. I I will, but you know what? In a regular seat, in a, in a real hundred sixty two game season, there's no credit for trying. You know, you you, you did well, it. You played one hundred sixty two games. What? This is not a normal year. It's not a normal champion either. I I, I get that, but I think it's harder because you get all these protocols. And it's discipline you have to go through. It, it, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's just not enough for me. What, what, what can I tell you? It's just not enough for me. Now, to, to go on to the Yankees' point is that, you know, they play in Duhar <laughs> and Rilla every day. And let's mm-hmm. just say Duha plays really well. He breaks out. And yeah. Urshela is ice cold. What happens after that? I don't think Gio Urshela gets sent down. Now, you know what? The, the, that, that's a really good problem to have, Trevor. We, we, we talk about that a lot. This is our favorite thing to do. is because these are great problems to have when you, when you, when you don't know who to send down. Yes. And, and right now, Duha is batting 100, but it's only been 20 at-bats. Very small samples. Yes, and Gio Urshela, for what he's done this year and last year, I don't think he has to. I don't think he deserves to be sent down the first time he struggles. Oh no, you know, I think it's a little well out of proportion this year too with the averages because you know one game this year your average drops like twenty points. Yeah, so it's a little, little little unfair. You have to take a look at the whole concept too. <laughs> and and we were talking about Andujar. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. He has been very unlucky. I guess. Andujar. He's been, he, he had a couple, and it was the last. 
six at bats. He has a couple line drives that were hit well. They yeah. went at some. Mm-hmm. So his average could easily be instead of one hundred, maybe two twenty. Mm. Is that fair enough to say he's a lot? He's had a lot of not. He's had a lot of unlucky. Uh, I, I guess. So um, what's unlucky to me is the fact that he he lost his job to Gio Urshela. He, he got well, hurt yeah. sliding yeah, back into unlucky. third base, and someone came up and played better than him. And that's the that's the definition of unlucky. Yes, I, I agree. Yeah, but um, yeah. So th- and then we get Aaron Judge back tomorrow, and his move is going to be Avalon going on the IL. So if we get Judge back. That means Clint Frazier can uh, be a full time DH. And a little bit of normalcy returning to this lineup now. Oh yeah, you know, you know, judges get obviously get to help. Yeah, there's no question about that. And you know, he's gonna have to step up. He's gonna have to be the leader. There's really nobody else right now. And he got lucky that this injury only was what was it, ten days, if that. That he needs to. He got lucky that there was a COVID outbreak with the Mets. Yeah, and in, in a normal year, I mean, not even a normal year. If this was another injury. We would be ripping this guy apart if he was out for two months, dude. We he wouldn't hear the end of it. But it wasn't. I know, and that that that's thankfully, thankfully he's only he's only out ten days, so he needs to go out there and for the remaining thirty odd days, he needs to go out there and be the best player or be the best Aaron Judge that he's ever been. He's got to okay. show the world that you know what I was out ten days, but I'm still gonna do this, this, and this. Now, how many games did he miss? Because obviously, it wasn't ten games. Uh, you, I was can, something like I can count them something? out. What day did he get hurt? Was he hurt in that in the Boston series? I think he. What happened was whatever that last game of the Braves series was before he got hurt. The Braves. The Braves was before the uh, the Red Sox. So f- one, five, eight games he missed. Right. In a sixty game season, that's almost a sixth of the games. But that is- feels like nothing to us. But in a year like this, it means something. It, it does. It, it does. And it, it, in the end, he's going to have to play like he did before. That's what I'm saying. Now, he needs to be the best Aaron Judge has ever been. Yeah. Now, going back to the bullpen, can you see the Yankees making like a trade for a, like a depth lefty, like a Tony Watson? Could you see that? Yeah, because I don't think there's any lefties in this bullpen besides Britain right now. I can see him going for Watson. I can also see him going... Maybe for two guys, him and Brad Boxberger, just to get some depth in the bullpen. Yeah, we talked about this last time. I'm not. I'm. I'm certainly not opposed to uh, bringing in a, an extra bullpen arm like that. Because again, you're not giving up a lot for him. I'm. I'm just yeah, not a not fan this year of giving up an Andrew Harner Frazier. That. That's all. No. No, and, and I think the Yankees with that David Hale trade. I think that was a sneaky trade, in my opinion. Yes, look at the guy you got back and in sixty some odd innings, strikes strikes at a hundred guys. It was a pretty. I think the Yankees won the trade, but David Hale is a really underrated pitcher. He is now. It's, just, it's guy, it was just unfortunate that there was no room for him here. Yeah. Now now his that Phillies need bullpen help now, but um, but the um, but this guy. The one thing I would say is it's a little alarming <laughs> is his walks are just a tick high. And you know he's still young. I think he's only twenty four years old. So you know maybe with a little bit of uh, of experience in the Yankee minor league system next year, you know maybe he turns out to be one of these lights out closers. And the guy I look to late in their career who turn it around to become a superstar relief pitcher, go down south. Nick Anderson in Tampa Bay makes his debut when he's twenty nine years old and is one of the most lights out relief pitchers we see today. Yeah. 
and I'm, and obviously we look at this kid's stats and you say, wow, you know, this is pretty good. And what's the one thing that comes to mind always when why is he in the minor leagues if he has all these great stats? What's the one thing that comes to mind? The Yankee it's bullpen. Control. Yankee. Oh, that's true. I was gonna say Yankee bullpen, but that too. It's, it's and just the person's not the team. It's always a control issue. No, yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I I do, man. It's it's just the business of baseball. But um, yeah. you you got anything else you want to add on the Yankees who come no. back tomorrow afternoon? Uh, tomorrow night rather. Against the Atlanta yeah, Braves, that's a that's a big series. It's gonna be a good series. That is a good series, and it's two games and another off day. And then you have the five game series of the Mets. So these off days, hopefully it's hopefully it's enough for these guys. I feel bad. Well, to be fair, they did have four straight off days now. Right, and then there's I think they have like thirty five games in thirty days coming up for the for the Mets. So yeah, and, and, and you know the Yankees, they get lucky with these injuries. Just two games in a week. Yeah. It's it, that's huge, and we talked about this earlier. They had this two the the other Atlanta series they played. They were in the same predicament. They had two off days in between the two game series. Yeah, and I think tomorrow they have to win the game with Cole on the mound. You think? You think it's a? I don't think it's a must win. I want to see. Well, I want to see a lot from Garrett Cole against a good team. You haven't won in almost over a week. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I, well, it, listen, it's, it's, it's another start for Garrett Cole. He's pretty much unbeatable. Yeah, you know, yeah. My, my, yeah, I, you know, even his last start, you know, he didn't pitch that great. He only gave two runs in the end, and that's Garrett Cole's B stuff. Yeah, and, and like you said before, we always like to say the two words: he fought and he kept the team in the game. He he did it. He, listen, he did his job. Yeah, you know, if they go in the sixth inning, if they if we, if we, if we, if, we, if they said to us he's going to go six innings, four hits, one run. Nine strikeouts. I would. I would accept that. I'm so, signing up. Where, where do I sign up for that? I'm totally taking that. But um, Me too. but uh, yeah. Yankees half game up of their division. Back into action tomorrow night. Same with the Mets. But yeah, the one thing with the Yankees is by not actually the Yankees did not play and they actually gained ground in the division. Actually, yeah. And this Tampa Bay Rays team is they've had their own injury problems. They look unbeatable right now. I know they lost a game against Toronto today, but before this, they they won 12, 12, uh, won twelve and two in fourteen games. Way to turn it around. They were they were hovering around five hundred earlier in the year. But that's the great thing about baseball. You have a really good week and a half, and you're right back in the race in a, in a sixty game season. Yeah, the one thing I would say about Tampa is the one thing that concerns me is the offense is very streaky. Yeah, it, it's 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 reliant. On a couple of hot hitters, you're not going to have a lot of power bats in there, but they get the job done. They always seem to get the job done. Yeah, like like for Tampa, sometimes in the offense, they go six runs every week, and then the next week they'll only have one or two runs on their walk. Yeah, but they still and, always and they find a way to win. If they're they if they hold. if the hitting's cold, the pitching picks it up. If the pitching's cold, the hitting picks it up. Yeah, and then one thing about Tampa, you don't see about a lot of teams is. They they string hits together. You know, it's a single here, it's a single here, it's a double there, it's a single here. And they a, they do that while being one of the the most analytical teams in all of baseball. Like I'm I beforehand while I was watching NBA playoffs, I also have this Blue Jays Rays game on, and it's the third inning. They have four guys in the outfield. If you uh, yeah. you you tell me something that's more Tampa Bay Rays like than four outfielders in in the outfield. Using using the bullpen the way they do. Yeah, it's good. I mean, in the bullpen, there's been no, there's no one big star. It's just a lot of guys who are good. 
And that's that's what's crazy. I don't know the exact stat, but there are I think no one in this bullpen through uh, we're just over halfway through the season has more than three saves. This is a team that doesn't have a closer, but still finds a way to end games. Yeah. So, yeah, again, Yankees back tomorrow as well with the Mets. But let's get over to the Jets. And, Trevor, it feels weird. And I didn't think we'd get here. But we're less than three weeks from an NFL football season. And it's it's around this time every year, like around the middle of August, once we hit, like, around my birthday on the 20th, I we get, or I get this feeling of where is football? I'm so ready for football around this time every year. Yeah, you know, it feels like the NFL, everybody's forgetting about that because you got NBA, NHL. Yeah. Baseball. Well, you know right. what? They, there was no preseason. That's why. Yeah, you know, it's right around the corner. It's, you know, like you said, less than three weeks. Ago, we're talking about, I think, opening night. is my first day of school, the 10th. Yeah, me too. So, so yeah, you know, it's a good game, actually, Chiefs and Texans. And, ex- and they're going to have fans in the stadium. And exactly three weeks from today is Giants opening day on Monday Night Football against Big Ben and the and the, and the Steelers. Well, I, I, I don't expect to win. You don't? No. That's one of the games. I, I was looking at the spreads. The, the early spread right now, I think it's three and a half for the Steelers. It, that's considerably low in a, in a game you think they have no chance of winning. Well, because they don't, well because the Steelers have no offense. I think the Steelers' defense is tremendous. And you know what? Uh, we'll, we'll break the fourth wall here. I cannot wait for us to do uh, picks on 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 football shows. I cannot wait to. We're gonna keep standings. We're gonna have a little game going. I cannot wait to do picks on here with you. But, oh yeah, you know, I bet that Steelers Giants game is gonna happen. It's gonna be one of those thirteen seven Steelers game. It's gonna be a really giant type loss. They're gonna drive all the way down the field, and an interception is gonna happen. It's going to be a very giant-type loss. Well, I'll tell you, I'm expecting big things from Daniel Jones this year. Are you expecting playoffs this year? No, absolutely not. But I'm, no. I'm, I'm sitting right around six or seven wins. No more of this three, four win stuff. I haven't done my predictions yet. I have to look at the schedule to mm-hmm. see that, obviously. But, you know, that's not crazy. Right off the bat. I, I no, it's to, not. I, I have to investigate it more to see. I Listen, I'm not saying they're a playoff team. I'm not saying they're going to win eight or nine games. But they're going to open some eyes. They, 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 Daniel Jones is going to have a good year. Watch. They're going to open some eyes, Trevor. Uh, I'll make you a prediction. Well, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't do that because I'll be just giving away what I think about the Jets. Go ahead. Let's go, go ahead. I, I'm going to say that the Jets, this is going to be Sam Donald's last year. Oh. I, I, I've actually heard you say this. You want you think they get Lawrence next year, right? Oh, I think I think this team's going to be one of the worst teams in football this year. Yeah, we we did this back. I think we did a show back like back in April about this. The Jets' schedule this year is ridiculously hard, and then you add on to the fact that they lose their best player in Jamal Adams. It's going to be a rough year for the New York yeah, Jets. Yeah, don't, don't the Jets have to face the Texans, the Ravens, and the Chiefs, or at least two of them? Let me tell you. All right, Jets they go Bills, Niners, Colts, Broncos. Uh, Cardinals, Chargers, Bills, Chiefs, Patriots, Dolphins, Dolphins, Raiders, Seahawks, uh, Rams. The Rams' new logo looks a lot like the Chargers' logo. Browns, and then Patriots again. That is a rough, rough schedule. Well, besides that, they win against the Dolphins, and the Jaguars aren't that good. Yeah. Even the Broncos have a sneaky good offense. Broncos are going to open some eyes, too. Uh, yeah, just like out of the corners. And I'm... And in the AFC, Baltimore is going to be very good. Mm-hmm. 
And this Kansas City team could have a perfect season. You think they're that good? Well, I, you know, they really are that good. Yeah. And everyone's I mean, so high on this new running back. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Hilaire, I forget his first name. Hilaire, I like that. Yeah, everyone's so high on this new running back. I saw you. He was really good, very good in college. And who is that? Someone just hit a bomb in this Arizona game. Who is that? I think that's Steven Volk. But uh, sorry. But um. But yeah, back to the Jets. Who? We're, again, we're we're three weeks away from the first game of the season, and the Jets have fights breaking out in training camp between the offensive line and linebackers. Jordan Jenkins, according to Costello from the Post, was in the middle of this, and he was throwing punches. So. We're, we're again. We're three weeks away, and Trevor, these guys want to kill each other. I don't like that at all. I think the coach should step in and do something. But I don't think Adam Gates is a real leader. Well, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. The coach and Avery Williamson, after all this, he's they're doing an interview again with Costell uh, from Costell uh, with Costell from the Post. They're cracking jokes about it. Look, I have a quote from Avery Williamson. He was doing some jujitsu moves out there. Stay away from him, Trevor. How dysfunctional can you get? You're cracking jokes about these guys swinging at each other's heads less than three weeks before the season starts. Yeah, I think it's unacceptable. And you're cracking jokes meanwhile your team. I don't think it's that good. The rough schedule that you lose your best player, and then you have guys looking to kill each other in training camp. And uh, and Gase, Gase and Williamson, they, they laugh it off. They better step up or else, you know, or if they don't have a good season this year, they might be seeing the door. This is typical Jets. There's finding some way, some way to to amaze people by doing the think about something so dysfunctional the New York Jets have done it. This is typical Jets. It it, it really is. And here's a question for you: If the Jets have the number one, number two pick, do you take Trevor Lawrence? Yes or no? Depends on how Donald did. Well, let's say he did okay. Average. I think it's way too early to tell you, dude. I, I really can't tell you right now. You're going to tell me if, if he's sitting there, a really good quarterback, you're going to pass on him. I mean, how, how old Darnold's, what, 23 right now? Yeah, he's still super young. After, after two or three, this is going to be his third year. Three years, I'm not ready to give up on a quarterback yet. I, I, I agree it's a little early, but in this stage, in this style NFL, no, you get you get you get the you get the first pick. You trade down with it like Jacksonville or Carolina. You, you're gonna you're gonna move down and, and give one of these teams a quarterback. No, I think you take Lawrence right there. I I, I can't agree. I, I I'm not I'm not giving I don't, up I don't a quarterback. Think Donald is as good as people say he is. Hey, we'll see. We'll see, man. I want to. How about we give him a competent head coach? Let's see how he does. Yeah, I think Adam Gase was a terrible. It was. He's he has such a conservative style of offense, and he was awful in Miami. You had a head coach named Mike McCarthy who was available last offseason after getting fired by Green Bay. He was the, the perfect Giants fit here. Yeah. Okay. I would have loved the Giants to get him, but you know what? Joe Judge, at least for now, looks he looks like he's laying down the law in Giants camp. At least there's no fights. That's <laughs> I mean, right? That's, you can warm up the Jets by saying that. We're not having guys swinging each other's heads. Right? I mean, it's it's just so typical. They're so dysfunctional. And it starts 
at the top. It starts with Woody and Chris Johnson and goes down to the head coaches and rubs off on the players. It's just a dysfunctional organization, top to bottom. Yeah, and it doesn't. Yeah, they have that. They haven't made the playoffs, and they have a terrible draft history. They pass up on Hall of Famers. They haven't made the playoffs since two thousand nine. I think it's maybe been, ten. It's, it's, it's at least been ten. years. It was one of those AFC Championship runs. They haven't made the playoffs in almost a decade, and yet that's acceptable to them. But I don't think it is. If I was a fan of the Jets, I I jump off the Empire State Building. I if if I if I was a fan of this team. But um, you want anything else on the Jets or Giants? No. All right. So before we get to the NBA playoffs, the New York Islanders uh, started their second round today with a 4-0 win over the first-seeded Flyers. And the two trade acquisitions from this February uh, trade deadline put the Islanders on the board. First, it was Andy Green, uh, the veteran they got from the New Jersey Devils. He put them on the board first. And then, uh, guys on fire, J.J. Pajot, who, let's be honest, makes this team complete. He scores his fifth goal in six games on a, on a beautiful cross crease. And Trevor, I got I took a lot of uh took a lot of hate from people I know for picking the Islanders to go all the way uh, in this tournament. And you know what? Right now I'm laughing at them because this team is the hottest team in hockey, and I have no regrets because they look so complete right now from from the first line to the fourth line. They look like a Stanley Cup winning hockey team right now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I had them going winning the Eastern Conference. I had them losing in the final, but I still have them getting there. And we both have Colorado, by the way. I think we both have Colorado. Yeah, I think you have the Islanders winning. I have the. I do. I yeah, Colorado looks banged up right now. But go ahead. Yeah, you know, right now the first almost two periods of the game is a typical Islanders game, one nothing. You know, mm-hmm. very defensive oriented. Then the third period was an offensive explosion. Yeah, and it, it it's not very. Typical of the Islanders to do that, but right now they are clicking in a fashion that one they're getting great goaltending and Semir uh, Semir uh, Verlamov seven shutout periods in a row. This dates back to last game uh, against the Capitals. Seven shutout periods in a low or in a row. Then you the put up four, what's up the two good teams, the Flyers and the uh... right, and then you put up four goals against the uh, the young goalie Carter Hart. And again, they look so complete right now. It wasn't. You're right. It was an offensive explosion, but they're getting it from both sides. The goalies are doing great, or the goalie, I should say. Grace has it started, and then the offense is doing good. Pajot, Anders Lee, Bovillier looks great. Brock Nelson looks great. They all look great today. Oh yeah, and let's not, let's be clear about this. I don't expect Philadelphia just to lay down. Absolutely not. This is going to be. This is probably the most fun series of, of uh, the playoffs. No disrespect to. To, to your Vancouver Canucks, but this series looks great. Oh, I I, I don't think the Canucks series is the most fun. I, I would say the most fun is probably Boston and Tampa. That's a great series. It, they're both in the Eastern Conference, I'll tell you that. These Western Conference ones, these teams are going to – they're not going to – they're, they're, they're going to lay down. Right. Yeah. But um, Avalanche Knights Western Conference Finals, that'll be fun to watch. Yeah, I would think those are the two most likely teams. You know? Yeah. And the, the, although the stars got stars got to win the first game, I think they I think they're playing it right now. I think, but um, yeah, much, much as I want Vegas to lose, I think you got to be realistic here. Yeah, and you listen, you guys had a great run. It's not over yet. I shouldn't say you guys had a great run, but you guys looked great in the first round against the the fending champions. You guys should be really proud of yourselves of beating them. But uh, even even though for for the Canucks, it, it's the it's the it's the youngness, it's the experience they got. 
and uh, next season they're going to be off and running. Oh, yeah, and I would say it's not over yet. <laughs> Obviously, you know, we had to win four, and he only won one. Yeah. You know, you know, he lost the first game 5 nothing. Everybody has a bad game. Mm-hmm. You know, e- even in the second game, let's say they lose in five. Mm-hmm. Even if we said the next four games, I was really close in the end. They gave everything. They gave Vegas all they could. Mm-hmm. I would say, you know what? In the end, they didn't lay down. They gave it all. They even won a game. I would be happy. I would you'll say, be, you know you'll be disappointed, but you'll still be very proud of them how far they got. I would say I'm looking forward to next season. Absolutely. But you want to add anything else on the NHL playoffs? No. All right, so let's wrap it up with the NBA playoffs. And the Lakers are playing right now. They look great going into um into the second half. Uh, is the halftime over yet? I shouldn't shine. Let me get it back. Uh, right now, I think they're, they're about three minutes in. They're up 88-53. So, yeah, they put up a 70 spot or even Holy more than that. Le- Le- that was a long three. Wow, 30-footer yeah. for LeBron. But yeah, they're they're up almost forty now in the third, and this game is pretty much over. And you talked about it how this team didn't look great in the first three games. Are you you feel a little better now after all this? I feel better right now. It's not over yet. You know, I'm. I always say, you know, you got to get a four quarter game. Yeah. But you know, if they, if they don't they don't win this game, I would say it's a pretty catastrophic uh, breakdown. Yeah. No, they, totally. Right now, feeling better, you know. Even when they lost in the first game, I, I never lost hope because I figured we played awful and we still had a chance to win. And you, you've been able to keep yourself in games. Oh, yeah. yeah. And in the last two games, we've been able to win. And everything was going in, Damian Lillard this, Blazers that, Blazers this, not a typical late seed. You know, and we lost the first game. All right, we took them a little lightly. Yeah. But the last, the last two games have been really good. You know, I expected a response like this, obviously, you know, Kobe's day. Would yes. you agree with that? No, I completely agree. This, this, regardless of, of what happens, th- this was bound to happen. You guys were bound to have a a, a breakout game like this. Because you, oh, you, yeah. you forget, like you said, everyone's on, you know, the Blazers and Dame. Look, look at Lillard do what he's doing. This, this is probably the best team in basketball right now. Or it is the best team in basketball. But people forgot that. They forget since they're playing the Blazers that this team was the best all year. Yeah, right now they're still going to finish the job. They're, you know, they look really good right now. And what, what, what can you say? Right now I have no issues with the performance. You know, this guy, Anthony Davis, he has to get re-signed in the offseason. Yeah, you think he had the money to do it? Well, I heard they're gonna, they get, it looks like they're going to get enough TV money to either get it or be very close. And you you want him back? I think I've been hearing all these rumors. I go there. Listen, I hear Knicks rumors every year. They're gonna get Kyrie, Katie, and Kyrie. They're gonna get Giannis. They're gonna get AD. I've I've had enough hearing this Knicks. All these Knicks rumors. Yeah, you know, I think what helps the Lakers too is with AD that he likes to play with LeBron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's it. That's the thing about having LeBron. They don't want to play with him. Yeah, that that'll and, keep him there. Yeah, and, and the other thing I would say is, too, how about your Nets looking at Greg Popovich? Any thoughts about you, that? Oh, I, I – I, listen, a year ago, if you asked me if Greg Popovich was coming to Brooklyn, I would call you crazy. But next year, where we're going to have a healthy KD, a healthy Kyrie, hopefully Joe Harris back. You know, I cross my fingers, hopefully. If you can get Greg Popovich to come coach the Brooklyn Nets, you know what? A dangerous team next year. Watch out. Yeah, I, I would certainly say that too. You know, is it going to happen if I had to bet on it right now? Probably not. No, probably not. I would say he stays, but you never know. I give the Nets credit for trying. 
let me tell you what this Jackie Vaughn, the coach right now, he's a he's a friend of uh, Kyrie and Katie's. It would not surprise me, even eh, especially what he did in the bubble. It would not surprise me if this guy is back. No, um, I, I would agree. Now the Sixers, they decided <laughs> they're looking at Tyron Lue. Right. Yeah. So the, the that's one of the series I want to talk about. And so the Sixers getting swept by the Celtics. Brett Brown's uh, Brett Brown's out. His team's underperformed, and according to some of the insiders, he uh, he he's he's been on the hot seat for uh, for a couple of, a couple of days now. Even before even before they lost, there was still some talk that this guy was out because they've always underperformed. Yeah, and this process that they call it, well, it's gonna have to wait another year. And it it was not a good series for the Philadelphia 76ers. Look at this. Without Ben Simmons in the four games, they put up 101, 101, 94, and 106 in all the games. That's not going to win you a playoff game against the Boston Celtics. No, it's not. And remember, I, I I talked about this. I thought it was going to be a five-game series. I thought Boston was going to dominate. Without Ben Simmons, and listen, let's not. I'm not going to sit here and tell you the Celtics' best team in basketball. Celtics don't have Gordon Hayward, but. The Sixers they did, did, it, they did it last year without him. Yeah, and the, 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 exactly, they made it all the way last year. And Sixers without Ben Simmons goes to show you they're just a poorly constructed team right now. No, and they're going to face a Toronto team, and we don't know about Lowry. He's a big question mark. Yes, but I mean, I know it's the Brooklyn Nets, but, but 150, dude, 150 in a playoff game. I thought I don't think I've ever seen that. No, but that series is going to be great. That Raptors and and. Celtics. It's it's I mean, gonna be really close. I think the Raptors, you know, come, Lowry or not, the Raptors are gonna come out on top. I don't know. I'm not sure yet. And but no, no offense to your Nets, but I think the, the Raptors basically gotta buy the second round. No oh, offense totally. To you. No, I listen. Nets are the Nets are undersized. They're inexperienced. There was a bunch of scraps, but I and you know even they got blown out in most of these games. It was still exciting to watch. Like there was there was a lot of excitement in the bubble. You guys tried. You fought hard. That's all you can ask for. Really, and I, I, I hate using the term. This was this year wasn't, uh, you know, a real year. I hate using that term because you know you want to win every year. But with the Brooklyn Nets, it really is about next year when you have Kevin Durant healthy. Yeah, it, it is. You know, I think in the end, of the Nets. This was a year. Who you, who's going to be on the bench next year? That was the audition. I think in the bubble. Right. And making it a hard decision for whoever the next head coach is. This T- TLC oh, yeah. is going to be on the bench. Um, t- uh, Tyler Johnson earned himself a bench spot. They got to bring him back. A lot, a lot of questions for this next head coach. Oh, yeah. And, and they go back to the playoffs. The one series that's really interesting now, and we talked about this too, that a team that could sneak up on you if you didn't play well, the Mavericks Clippers series. Oh, yeah. And I, you, you got to go back to the to Luka Doncic and his forty point game and the triple With double. No that that's that's the big thing. And you know Luka had the buzzer beater in OT. He had the forty point game. He had the triple double. But they worked out the number two guy, Kristaps Porzingis. And this was the problem when he was a Nick. He couldn't stay healthy. And now he's going on to Dallas and in big playoff games against a two seed. Where let's be honest, they need him. It, you can't be out of games like this. You need to be on the court. Oh yeah, and, and and if we go back to the to when we made our predictions, remember we said we both said the Clippers were going to win. Mm-hmm. But we said, you know, you know, this 
this Dallas team, you know, it could sneak up on you. They could make it close. They could yeah. make competitive. They could go yeah. to seven games. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're going to six games. And you know what? It looks like KP might be back for game five. He's a game time decision right now. So that's, be- it's, I mean, it's, it, on the bright side, half class full, better than out, right? Oh, yeah. Like some of these guys, you know, well, LeBron's day to day. He's playing. Yeah. It, it, Anthony Davis, he's a little sore. He's playing. And then he gets elbowed in the neck before. Yeah, he's playing. I and mean, then this guy, LeBron and AD, you know, they're really good, but they're tough. I mean, they play. Even if they're paying, they play. And then Porzingis can't stay on the court. And this is the same problem when he was a Nick. He can't stay healthy. No. And he, then there were, all, there were other things when he was a Nick. Like he was he was just a huge distraction with, his, with everything that was going on. He didn't want to be there. It was the meeting with his brother. It was just a disaster as a Nick. But even now he's doing it down in Dallas. And if you're a Nick fan, you got to be laughing right now. Not that he's hurt, but this is the same problem that they were having just a few years ago. Yeah. But um, and, and I, good. And I think the Eastern semifinals could be really good because the Heat swept the Pacers today, which I was a little surprised about. I'm surprised the Pacers didn't put. Up I thought the Pacers would go would at least go down without a at least go down with a fight. They didn't show anything. No, and let's be clear. I think I I would think the Bucks win one of the next few games against the Magic. You would think they would just need one win. I would think they would they will. do it. They will. Um, but credit the Magic. They fought today a couple times. They got the nine points, and the Bucks didn't blow them out until the very end. I mean, we we thought a couple times that like, here it is, Bucks gonna go over the top. Then imagine fought back; they actually took the lead. Yeah, by a point several times. But I would think the Bucks would get it done. They only need one win in three times. I would think they would do that. You gonna have Heat, Bucks, Celtics, Raptors. Holy cow! What a semifinals! But you know what? The Milwaukee will take care of 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 Miami. But I think I Toronto- disagree with that. Okay, no, but let's just say, let's just say they do. Let's say Milwaukee doesn't have a hard time with Miami, right? So, I think Toronto also beats the Celtics. I think Toronto is the best team in this in East in the Eastern Conference. Would you agree with me there? I disagree. I think the best team is either Boston or Miami. No, I'm with Toronto. I I got to watch them for uh for for four straight games. This is a well, very I mean, well seasoned team with with championship uh players and experience. There's just and of course Nick Nurse is the coach of the year. There's just something with this team that clicks, and they're a great team. Well, to be fair, no offense to you, Nick. They didn't really play against that. I I get it, I get it, but I mean, still impressive. Really, oh yeah, no question about that. They beat the opponents in front of them. It's the most important thing. But right, let's see when they have to face a real team now. Let's see, and the same same goes the Bucks and. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but is that one of the reasons why you think the Heat will will give the will give the Bucks a little bit of a uh, a problem? Is because they had to play the Magic. Yeah. That's must watch television. Oh, totally. That, that, I'm telling you, that's going to be the most exciting series of the of the uh, not not of the whole playoffs, but so far that's going to be the most exciting series. Yeah, imagine if the Clippers ever lost in the first round. That would be crazy. Because this this is my team to go to the finals. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know about that. Well, we'll see. We'll see. They're gonna get the Lakers some trouble if they meet in the in the in the, in the conference finals. They give them some trouble. Oh, as a basketball fan, I would yeah. want to see LA versus LA. It would. It would be awesome. And it, it would it would only make it better if if they were able to be in their stadium. If they were in Staples Center with fans, that would make it awesome. Oh yeah, but as a Laker fan, I don't want to see that. I'm sure. No, I I completely understand. 
But let me tell you one more thing. The most exciting first-round series for me is this Thunder Rockets series. Houston won the first two games, and it looked like they were the far superior team. But today was a, was, was a three-point game. Uh, it was a three-point game today. Saturday was a thrilling overtime game, and the box score won't show you this. But Chris Paul is a clutch shooter that you will ever see. You saw it on Saturday, and you saw it again today. For me, this is the most exciting series. Yeah, I would say I think Jazz Nuggets still. I think the Nuggets still rebound and potentially pull this one out. Yeah, how about that? How about that? And still win it. I think actually the most exciting series is Mavs and Clippers now. And it's funny because they're both in the Western Conference in the first round, and then we both agree that the two best series will be in the Eastern Conference for the semifinals. What a fun NBA playoffs! It really had bubble basketball is fun, man. I can't, yeah. I can't take my eyes off it. It's fun when your team is not playing. You, you know what? With a team with no expectations, and it was almost like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's fun when your team has no expectations. <laughs> it when was your just... team has uh, title expectations, then you're like, well, you better win this. Well, game you, you're all stressed out. I can sit back and watch these games and enjoy it. You're on the edge of your seat. I mean, not tonight, but you're regularly on the edge of your well, seat. They, they cut- they cut the lead to twenty nine, so I'm getting nervous already. Wow, but um, you want to add anything else? Not just the NBA playoffs or anything else. No, the, the only thing I would say is you know tomorrow's games. I think tomorrow we have no day games because we're just going to. Yes. So six thirty and nine, two great games. Nine o'clock is a must watch game. And that's Clippers Mavs. Six thirty is the what's six thirty? Uh, Jazz and Nuggets. Okay, so that that's so that's an elimination game. We get an undercard game. Yeah, that's those are two really good games. Yeah, even the undercard game is pretty good. Yeah, so two must-watch for me. Two must-watch. So, yeah, I, I would agree it's must-watch. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's all I got, Trevor. That's um, all I got. What's up? That's all I got. I got nothing else. Yeah, so you can get me on Twitter at Joe Morales underscore. I'm Joe Morales. That's Trevor Markowski. This has been the MDM Podcast.